Y Group invites all AEC industry leaders to the 2024 AEC Small Business and Entrepreneurship Forum, the premier event for small firms in the AEC sector. Experience innovative strategies and insights on May 21st, crafted by Zweig Group's industry experts. Engage in keynotes and interactive sessions focused on recruitment, retention, and business growth. Join Zweig Group for this unique networking opportunity and take your business to new heights. Secure your spot today and be part of the AEC industry's future. Visit ZweigGroup.com for more information. The Zweig Group team looks forward to welcoming you. Welcome to the Zweig Letter Podcasts, putting architectural, engineering, planning, and environmental consulting guru Mark Zweig and his team of experts straight talk in your ear. Mark has more than 30 years of experience helping AEP and environmental firms thrive, and these podcasts deliver his invaluable management, industry, client, and HR advice directly to you, free of charge. The Zweig Letter Podcasts let you develop professionally, wherever you are. Hey, everyone, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. Uh, Our goal is to bring you some of the best and brightest minds that the AEC industry has to offer. Today, I am pleased to welcome James Hillegas from Structural MD and Osborne Engineering to the show. Uh, James is a 23-year-old millennial, as we like to say, uh, that is doing some amazing things. And uh, this is a young man that I ran across, and I was just really blown away by what he's accomplished in such a short period of time. Um, He recently graduated with a Bachelor of Science in Structural Engineering, and uh, now he is on to his master's, and he has started a company He gets up super early in the morning. He's doing some amazing things. And so, James, it's great to have you join us on this Wide Letter interview series. Uh, Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and uh, tell us about Structural MD, which is your company, and then tell us a little bit about Osborne Engineering. Sure. So first, thank you very much, Randy, for having me on. Honored. Not often that you hear the word millennial and doing extraordinary things in the same sentence. Uh, and I, I have to have to give a, a shout out to Sanjay for introducing me to you. So oh, I appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah, but a little bit about me. So I guess my interest in construction started out when I was two or three years old. I grew up behind a farm. And every time they were bailing hay, I always made mom stop and watch. We had a green, I think it was a 1993 Ford Explorer. And we stopped and watched them bale hay for hours. Just okay. Thought that was impressive. And then any construction site we drove by, uh, we always stopped and watched the magic that occurred inside of that orange fence. So I always grew up fascinated with construction. Um, first couple jobs was, you know, a foreman at a landscaping company. So all the patio work. I did all the hardscapes and the waterfalls and all that cool stuff that people like. And then I worked at Carter Lumber. So I did pole barns and house packages and decks and all that sort of stuff that comes along with it. So just kind of a natural fit to go into civil engineering. Uh, first co-op was with a contractor, again, in the Cleveland area, Shook Construction. And that was a really great exposure to the building side of it, uh, learning how things go together. We did a lot of, they did a lot of wastewater treatment plants, which I wasn't too keen of when they get hired. And I think a lot of people are like, oh, that's like disgusting. But <laughs> it's fascinating in the sense that it's like trying to do, it's basically like NASCAR. Like yeah. you have to change, you have to like change the tires on the car without stopping the car because you can't just, you can shut down parts of the plant, but you can't shut down the whole thing. Right. So there's right. a lot of logistics. So that was really fascinating. And it always incorporated basically everything, you know, mechanical, all the, the water and all the electrical and 
they were all getting updated because obviously it was in Cleveland and their stuff's old. So they're getting up to the 21st century. Uh, and then after that, I was introduced to Osborne Engineering through a couple of the executives that shook uh, just because I wanted to try out the design side. And I was hired by Osborne Engineering in 2015 as a co-op and have stayed on ever since. Wow. Love the company. Yeah. So they've, they've grown a lot since I came along. So now I'm like an older person, quote unquote, <laughs> at Osborne. Um, just because I've been here for two years relative That's to funny. the new hires I've had. But yeah, they, yeah. they do a lot of cool stuff. A lot of sports stadiums. Like we have the old uh, old drawings to the Yankee Stadium in Fenway. Oh, okay. So those are the original construction drawings. And those are kind of got to be worth some money somewhere to somebody. I'm sure. I'm sure. What, what, uh, what, it, it, whatever you can share, what, what, are you, what interesting projects are you guys currently working on as a company? Yeah, sure. So the, one of the big ones we're doing right now is we inspected all of the cantonary poles for the RTA in Cleveland. Okay. Those are the poles that hold up the utility line. So that's been my main project. Uh, my first project with them was Public Square in downtown Cleveland, okay. which was really, really cool. That was basically transforming uh, the middle of Cleveland into kind of a Central Park-ish type feel. Mm-hmm. So that, that was our project. It was basically, you know, part of it was with the sewer district and helping with you know, dealing with stormwater and trying to make green spaces in the city, kind of rerouting traffic a little mm-hmm. bit to, you know, make it more pedestrian friendly. Yep. And it was really fascinating just because the above ground, it looks beautiful, but below ground, the utilities were a, kind of a nightmare when we, when this project started. So everybody and anybody that had a utility that you could ever think of, you know, from the simple like AT&T and the first energy all the way up through FBI and CIA having stuff so there was times where the fbi was out there to make sure that stuff wasn't tampered with uh, with their lines so that was a very fascinating project yeah you can't mess with the with the um uh with the lines of the fbi at all so (laughs) so yeah that's awesome so 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 tell me a little bit about how you've been able to kind of manage your time at osborne with um structural md and, and tell us a little bit about structural md and what you've been doing there sure so Structural MD is basically what I do. So I started doing 3D printing for people. So 3D printing is my graduate thesis. Um, Specifically, that's with concrete 3D printing. Mm -hmm. But I just was fascinated by 3D printing in the sense that it gave a lot of design freedom. So with structural engineering, I just found, and I'm a first, I'm a millennial, so I don't have a lot of experience. So I'll just put that out there first as a disclaimer. (laughs) Right. But but I was like, you know, just simply kind of figuring out what the loads were and then picking a beam that was close enough that could handle that capacity. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of design freedom and 3D printing just kind of gave that design freedom. Yeah. Like pretty much anything I can think of, I can draw. So I just started doing that for people on the side and that's kind of evolved from there. And, you know, that's been led into drones and other things of that nature. Yeah. I, you know, I saw, cause I follow you on Instagram. I saw your account. You, you posted some information on uh, some of the 3d casting that you've done. I thought it was really interesting. I'll have to post up. I'll have to put a link up uh, on our show notes for this particular show uh, so that people can kind of take a look at some of your handiwork and what you've done. Um, talk a little bit about the drone technology and what you, you know, what you've been able to do with that. Yeah, sure. So a little bit of background. My first uh, real project when I graduated with my BS last year was, you know, four bridge inspections to the Ohio Turnpike. And uh, for everything, the engineering was like made up to seem like really neat and organized and progressive. It just mm-hmm. didn't quite jive with the expectations I had. And so like any good millennial, I started Googling stuff and, you know, started learning about drones. And I contacted a company out in Colorado. It was called Unmanned Experts. Okay. Um, because in, in 2015, 
Uh, the Minnesota Department of Transportation did a research study on drones. Um, so this was like pre-FAA, like the FAA, FAA still didn't have all their rules figured out with who was flying drones, where you were flying drones, who was allowed to fly them. So like if you flew a drone, it was either A, illegal, or B, <laughs> or B you went through so many hoops that it pretty much stopped anybody. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. but the Minnesota Department of Transportation did a pilot study. Uh, because that was what's the math? Eight years after that unfortunate collapse of the I-35, right, uh, right. which is kind of a, a scarlet letter on their half. So they started looking into drones, and, and this company came out and did the flying for them. Okay, so I, I, I read that it was about a 300-page report. Read a thing front to back, called the company. It's like, hey, just graduated school. This is pretty cool. Like, if I can get involved, let me know. And like, yeah, here you go. So they threw me in the deep end, um, and they just started sending me videos and photos of they were doing railroad bridges. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the in the northeast and i just started analyzing the photos and going through it and marking them up you know beta testing a lot of software for them so i really just learned about the industry uh, kind of by fire from that standpoint wow wow that's exciting yeah that i remember that uh that bridge um failure uh in minnesota it was a big deal and i mean there was loss of life and and, and i would imagine that that's got to be a structural engineer's worst nightmare and anytime that you can come up with technology that can help to avoid something like that in the future, I think it's huge. So you certainly are to be applauded, least of which is the fact that you picked up this manual and you read it, but then you also followed up with them, took initiative and um, and reached out to them to see if there was anything that you could do, uh, because not only is it going to help them, but it also will help further you along in your career just from an understanding standpoint. So, man, that that's uh, kudos to you for doing that and, and taking that kind of an initiative that that's really great so 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 tell me a little bit about what now what do you think you're going to be able to do with structural nd so well obviously i came through a lot of quote unquote a professional engineering because i'm not right. a pe right so all but going back to unmanned experts real quick all my work was reviewed by you know pe's so all my reports are reviewed by them um but what i want to do is we're currently building a software platform and a drone for bridge inspections okay, okay. so a lot of the drones out there, you know, they're commercial. They aren't very adaptable. A lot of people just see a drone as a device and you put a camera on it and you fly it around and it's cute and we all clap. But it's really just a robot. It's no different than one that's, you know, on the ground or goes in the water. Right. It's just a robot. And the first application, people was like, well, let me put a video camera on this. But really, you can do a lot of, you know, crazy stuff with them. You know, there's a company in Japan called Pro Drone. And they basically put two mechanical claws on the drone, kind of like what you see at those uh, the little kids, you know, stuffed animal games at the arcade. Yeah. You try and pull out a stuffed animal. Yeah. Um, so it's basically that. And they've just been, you know, throwing crap at a wall and seeing what sticks with those mechanical claws. And that's kind of what we're working with, you know, building an actual platform and then building software that takes in the data. Because really, at the end of the day. The drone just collects data for us, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Mm-hmm. It's really the software that makes them powerful because at the end of the day, it's, again, just a flying machine with an SD card and a video camera or whatever attachment or payload you put on it. Yeah. It's the software and the analysis that makes them the really powerful part. Yeah. I, I mean, I can I can only imagine that very soon that you'll be able to put some type of scanning device on a drone that will be able to go and scan um, effectively for, you know, failure points and things of that nature and stress tests and, you know, visual stress tests to determine if a, if a, if a structure is sound or not. So, yes. yeah. So, uh, that's awesome, man. Well, I, I certainly, I mean, excited 
to hear that. And again, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on uh, on this podcast is because, you know, one as a recruiter, and that's what I do, uh, executive search, and, and we work, and I've worked in this industry for a, a good part of the last three decades. Um, one of the things that we've always talked about it, it, is that, you know, young engineers are supposed to sit and, and only speak when spoken to. Uh, and certainly you've, I, I guess you've kind of taken that and put it on its side and said, you know, you're going to do something a little differently, as I'm sure some of your peers have done coming out of school. But part of part of the reason why I wanted to bring you on was because I wanted to give, you know, firm owners and others that are out there hiring young people like yourself in the engineering space and the architectural space, just a glimpse into the mind of a millennial. Um, and, 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 and now I, I won't say that you're a standard, right? Because you're, you, you, you go above, it seems like you're going above and beyond the norm to try to make a difference both where you work there at Osborne, as well as with your own company. You're not really letting any grass grow under your feet to say that. But my question would simply be, you know, tell us a little bit about your mindset coming out of school. I mean, why why you got into engineering in the first place and, and, and ultimately what you hope to accomplish? Because I think your experiences now are going to speak volumes in the future. And I think it would be helpful for firms to kind of hear from somebody like yourself if they want to attract people like a James Hillegas to come and work at their firm? Yeah, so that's that's a lot of questions to answer. So I guess attracting millennials, um, I guess one of the biggest problems, I, I guess one of the biggest challenges is the, the nine to five workday yeah. is kind of set up back in the old days. So, you know, in when 1960s or 50s, when you had to be tied to a wall with a telephone <laughs> or, or you weren't as mobile, that made sense because right. it's basically like, scheduling a meeting like everybody will be available between such and such time at you know xyz number right perfect that makes total sense well today it's a little bit different yeah you know you, you can be answering business calls in the bathroom on an airplane thirty thousand feet in the air you can you know as long as you got a cell phone connection you're really available 24 7 365 right so it just the rules kind of haven't changed with the times and that's kind of that's one of the bigger things is like you can get emails at 3 a.m. that you someone might expect you to answer. Right. So it's and it's I guess it seems like the companies try and treat everyone the same. Maybe someone isn't motivated by getting an extra ten thousand dollars. Maybe they would like an extra week of vacation instead of you know a raise. So it's trying to understand what motivates the person because me at 23. I'll be honest. I'm personally motivated by money. I would like a Ferrari. But if I'm like 30 and I have a family or something, then you know, that might be a little bit different. I might be more motivated by time off from work or things of that nature. And it's right. trying to understand and dissect that person versus trying to treat everyone as, as a blanket scenario. Yeah. And that's a, that's a good point. I, I didn't mean to throw so many questions at you. I just really wanted you to, um, you know, I've, there's a number of things I'd love to hear from you from uh, in reference to this issue, but you, you certainly pointed out what's important to you now versus what, what will be important to you later. And I think we all change over time. Um, and, and, and I was the same way when I was your age. So I, I totally get that. And that, that's, that's definitely helpful. Um, what, what have you like talked about with your peers with regard to going to work for engineering or design firms? I mean, what have, what has been your biggest takeaway and what is the normal refrain that you hear from some of your peers about getting into the workforce and, and, and dealing with a lot of the firms that are out there? Uh, what do you mean by refrain? Like what? So what do just, we a, just a, what? Yeah. What do you discuss? And what's the what's the constant? You know what? What is the the? I guess the easiest way to put it is 
what do you hear over and over again from your from your peers uh, when they go out and interview at different firms and, and their interactions with those firms? And I'm, I'm just curious to hear what what you guys talk about. Sure. A lot of it has to do with culture. So that's become like a really big thing. I think it was either like, you know, the Facebook movie or the movie on Google, mm-hmm. you know, kind of showing that culture. And I think a lot of older companies, this doesn't even just go for AEC. This just goes for companies in general. They tried to mirror that image to of that Google atmosphere yep. in, the, in their company. And they kind of, it seems like they just put a bandaid on it. Like they put in a smoothie bar or a foosball table <laughs> and they really didn't include the culture that was there. So I think a lot of people do speak of the culture of the place that they work and the people that they work for. The two biggest things are obviously, because most of my peers are co-ops, they either talk about the pay of the company yep. or or the culture that comes as a part of being in that company. Yeah. Which one would you say is the most important? I, I think culture. Yeah. Culture. It, yeah. And the pay will come if you like what you're, if you like where you work. And I that brings up another good point. So everyone's heard the fact that you know, 90% of people hate their job or whatever the stat might be. And I don't think it's that people hate their job. I just think it's people hate either the culture or the structure that they're in. In the sense that you're told what to wear, when to be there Mm -hmm. and things of that nature. And that's why communism has never worked and will never work because you (laughs) you take away the freedom of the people. And we take away, that's like the number one, like outside of needing like food, water, air, freedom's gotta be like four or five on that list of, of just, just, basic human needs right right um, and when you kind of put people in a box you suffocate that freedom and that's why people are like oh i'm gonna be an entrepreneur yeah but it's not it's not easy it's just that that freedom or that concept of it's really sexy and attractive yeah well i like that well i, I must say that that uh, you are the first person to mention the word communism on <laughs> this white letter podcast and there's there's a first for everything so no i, I that's your point is well taken um I, I noticed that you have a hoodie on and a cool hat is that is that standard uh uh dress code there at osborne and and if so i mean i i need to sign up and get it get an application in so <laughs> No, this is a, a Friday off attire. <laughs> oh, okay, I got you. Do you guys now? I notice there's not many people around. Is there? Is there? Do they do half day Fridays or um, do they do a special work schedule? So they do the nine eighty. Oh, so okay. Okay. every every other Friday is a, a Friday off. Oh, nice. So how do you like that? That's really nice. Really yeah. helpful. Okay, well that's cool. It's, so is today one of those Fridays off? Yep. So basically, you got a three day weekend every other week. Yes. Nice. Nice. I like that. Okay. Well, very cool. So, um, well, I mean, that's, so you are obviously having, uh, you're, you're getting a taste of entrepreneurship and you're getting a taste of working in a firm for an organization that you actually like. Um, how, how would you rate the two or is it in your mind is your goal to kind of be able to have your cake and eat it too? Or do you ultimately want to, at some point in time, uh, transition over to doing your own thing as opposed to working for somebody else? Uh, it kind of depends on where this, the software and the, and the drone goes. Uh, right now, obviously, I need a PE license. So that's kind of the forefront of focus. And obviously, I can't get that on my own. So I'll continue to work for someone else. But I'm not really... I don't, I'm not necessarily motivated by the title of like, oh, I'm the founder or the CEO. I just want the chance to like solve problems. I don't really care what my role is in that or what my title is in that. Yeah. So if it's, if it's something I do on the side, which is something you can do nowadays with the internet, then great. And if it's something I can do within a company, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll muscle tough and I'll be right on over. 
Okay. So now, so how, how has Osborne, how has your current firm supported you with um, Structural MD? They've been, they've been great. Okay. Um, I don't, I can't speak to the fact that, so when this all, the whole thing started with this drone, I can't speak to the fact that they believed in it. You know, even my, even the university I go to kind of laughed at the idea when I started it because I, I, I asked for help, you know, if a professor wanted to do it. Um, and, you know, I've done it all out of my bedroom at my parents' house. And, you know, we have letters of support from the Ohio Turnpike in the city of Akron, made it to the final round of the Columbus Smart City program. So mm-hmm. Columbus obviously got a lot of money from the federal government to do the whole Smart City initiative and basically uh, be a beta tester and incubator of that whole connected IoT concept mm-hmm. and out of four or five hundred applicants you know we made it to the final final round wow and that that just in itself brought a lot of buzz like the university got it so i don't know if they realized how far it's come mm-hmm. um but i guess they had they haven't said anything negative against it i've been very open with wanting to use drones at work so right right well that's awesome i mean i i, I again i applaud you for what you're doing because you're kind of stepping out of what might be perceived as a comfort zone to try something different even when you don't ultimately know what the outcome is but i think you're already starting to get some acknowledgement that hey you're on the right track this is definitely something viable and and you know at the end of the day we'll see you know where it leads and 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 what it leads to so um, but my next question would be, could you see yourself working for a design firm for the next 15 or 20 years? Yeah, the, the culture is right. Totally. Okay. Okay. And then what about working on a, what if you had the opportunity to work on a contract or project by project basis that would take you around to different, different parts of the country to experience different things? Maybe after you got your, your PE uh, license, is that something that you would be inclined to do or that would, would be attractive to you? Well, moving around, it kind of depends on, you know, the family situation at the time, but it's Mm -hmm. definitely interesting to bring in outside people because (laughs) they usually see things or question things. So I probably get, you know, I ask way too many questions for one. (laughs) Right. And I just kind of look for the, this is how we've always done it answer. And as soon as I hear that, I'm like, that's something that can be solved. (laughs) Well, you know, and that's so funny you say that because that is like the, the most common refrain that we hear in this industry is that this is, this is how we've always done it. And firms basically tell us, even as consultants, when we come into firms and try to walk them, walk them through ways to be more successful, one of the things they say is, is a lot of times, well, you know, I'm not really sure because, you know, this is how we've always done it and we've had some success with it. And I'm just like, yeah, sometimes you need to break things. No, I definitely agree. I think it's I just gave a speech on this this week, actually. I think it's in part just due to the way the industry got structured. So this is my, I guess, more of an opinion. But, you know, the industry is typically projects are won on, you know, typically low bid basis. So if you're going to have low bid, how do you have the low bid? Well, you have to perceive like very, very small amount of risk. So if there's a lot of risk, your price is probably going to be higher than the next guy. And And the way you have low risk is you don't question things, you don't innovate, and you just stay with what's tried and true. But at one point... That tried and true. Somebody, you know, bit the bullet and tried doing a, you know, a pre-stress beam or, you know, doing a certain span or whatever the case might be. Somebody somewhere along the way had to be like, all right, I don't know if this is gonna work, but hold my fingers or cross my fingers, hold my breath, and let her go. <coughs> That's funny. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, and um, and so yeah, I, I definitely encourage not just you but others out there that are listening to this, especially those of, those of you that are, that are between the ages of eighteen and thirty or 18 and 35 is you got to continue to 
uh, push the envelope, um, scratch where you're itching when, with regard to the things that you want to do in your career, uh, and get out and try them. If nothing else, you know, you don't want to be 50 years old and, and be James Hillegas saying, man, if only at 23 I had done X, or if only at 25 I had done Y, you're actually out there doing it. And so I certainly uh, applaud you for that. And, and, I'm, and I'm sure now, have you have you been have you rubbed off on some of your peers in school or are they uh, or, or a lot of them of the same mindset, do you think, or are more of them looking and saying, look, I just want to get a good job and I don't want to worry about all that entrepreneurial stuff. Yeah, I definitely think I'm an outlier. I think after like doing it for so many years, you know, on social media, people obviously can see it. Um, you know, they've just, I don't want to say accepted it, but that's just kind of like the person I'm known as is, I guess, doing a lot of things and it, to each his own. Yeah. I don't, I don't aspire to push anyone to work like I, the amount of hours I do or anything of that nature. But if you're complaining and then I'm just not going to listen, that type of thing. So if you, if you have those ambitions, your your actions have to back up your mouth. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So speaking of actions, I know you you do a little lifting, uh, and, and I've noticed that you, you you put up some serious weight on a regular basis. Now, are you now have you competed in powerlifting, or is it just something that you do just to release tension? Yeah, so I mean, I was a, the typical fat bullied kid. Um, <laughs> You know, I was an engineer and a nerd before it was, I guess, cool. So thank right. you, Mark Zuckerberg. Thank you to Mark Zuckerberg. He made right. being a nerd. He made of being a nerd cool. No, but it's yeah, I do compete in powerlifting, and um, I do that on a pretty pretty regular basis. It's just, but it's a way to stay healthy. You know, I guess working at a desk, my worst fears, you know, being old and not being able to get out of my seat. So right, right. You know, sitting down for 10, 12, 14 hours a day, even that three hours or two hours or an hour of movement goes a long way. Okay. All right. Well, give us some of your stats, man. I mean, what do you bench? So last one was best all time was 265. Okay. Best deadlift was 480 and best squat was 385. Nice. Okay. Good, good, good. Yeah. I was listening to uh, uh, some, there was some talk about some of the guys in the combine for the NFL. And, and I guess one of the players had bench press um two, two two and a quarter 48 times and i was just like <laughs> that's, wow yeah. it's just that is, yeah. that is out of, that's out of control <laughs> so and that, but you brought an interesting point i think that goes back to the internet and i think people and kids are starting things younger and younger yeah whereas like you see something like you know a crazy thing where like this kid you know does a backflip at three and things <laughs> of that nature i think kids are just stumbling upon things that I don't think you or even I recognized at that age that even existed. Like I don't even think I knew weightlifting existed until my dad forced me in eighth grade to go to the YMCA. Like right. I don't, I, I don't think I had any clue that people ever worked out or things of that nature or yeah. even a lot of other subjects though, that you just don't realize because unless it's either in your ecosystem or you happen to, you know, chance of God and just meet it. But now with the internet, you can just stumble upon it. I know it's crazy. I mean, even my, I have a 12, a 10 and a, and a um, seven year old. And, you know, my 12 year old is really big into making videos on musically. And I would, I would, I mean, I would, at his age, I would have never been there. And he's actually really good. I mean, I watch his videos cause they're hilarious <laughs> and he's actually pretty talented. And I, I can only imagine, you know, what, what the world's going to be like for him in eight years, you know, when he's 20 or in, 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 11 years when he's your age, I mean, man, it's just, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. So, you know, it's very, very cool. Um, so, so what's on the horizon for James Hillegas? What, what do you, where, where do you see yourself in the next two to three years? Sure. So 
obviously hope we finish up this master's degree in a semester and i apologize they're, they're drilling next door that's so okay hey that. we're, listen, we're a live podcast so it's all good <laughs> don't worry about it so um yeah so finish up the master's degree uh continue to work at osborne probably move up to their cleveland office and uh work on the getting the pe license and then finish the development of our drone and beta beta version of the software for probably next summer testing <clears throat> okay cool so it sounds like you've got you've got you got things worked out well that's that's super awesome um well listen man i really appreciate you taking the time to give us some insight into the mind of a millennial and 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 again i don't think that you are a normal millennial but i do think that uh, what you have to share is important, and I think that your experiences and, and I'll be be I'll be on the sidelines applauding you and watching as you continue to progress. And I'll certainly keep the listening audience uh, updated on how you're doing, and people will be able to connect with you via our show notes and all that good stuff. So, um, you know, if, if anybody wanted to follow you on Instagram, what's your Instagram ID? So it's J A, and then my last name Hilligus underscore 51. Okay. And that's H-I-L-L-E-G-A-S. You got it right. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Well, listen, you know, I want to do something. We're doing something a little different on this, on this interview uh, series. And we just want to learn a little bit more about who you are as an individual. And uh, why don't you um, just have a little fun in the process? Why don't you, uh, in between the noise, why don't you tell us what was the last book that you read? Last book that I read, it was How to Make an Algorithm. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Did you, did you have you tried to make one since then? That's what we're working using uh, for the software when it comes to uh, building the the platform. It's called Easy Inspection for the drones and the bridge inspections. Okay. Well, I got something for you. There is a great on Netflix. There's a great documentary about algorithms. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's it's amazing. You should check it out when you get a chance. So, oh, certainly, I will. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, where did you go on your last vacation? If you've taken one recently. Our last vacation was with a family to Holiday Valley in New York. Oh, Go nice. skiing. Okay. So you like skiing? I absolutely love I can't wait for it to snow. Okay. <laughs> well, good. That's good for you. Um, if you could binge watch one TV series, old or new, what would it be? I don't even know. If I, I don't even watch TV, but if I could watch one thing, old or new, what would it be? Whew. I don't even know if I know it's even on TV right now. Uh, Mythbusters. Okay, Mythbusters. Well, that says a lot about you. Then that means that means because you're busy doing other things and living life. So that's exciting. Um, listen, James, I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to be with us on this wide letter interview series. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Randy. I really appreciate the opportunity. Oh, no problem, folks. I want to encourage you today to get a free subscription of Civil Plus Structural Engineer Magazine. And to sweeten the pot, we're doing something that we've never done before. And this is probably one of the first times that I'm announcing this. We're offering in a free subscription. Yes, you heard it right. A free subscription to the Zweig Letter, the electronic version. Just visit freetzl.zweiggroup.com and we'll take care of the rest. Uh, Everything will be delivered to you electronically. In addition, if your firm is looking to hire great talent, please join our mailing list for aecworkforce.com. Just text the word hire faster to 66866 and that will get you on the list where you will learn more about this upcoming job board for the design and construction industry. As a reminder, all Zui Group Media programs like this one are available in most cases both in podcast and video format free for download on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and YouTube, just to name a few places. 
A link to all this information, including James's contact information, will be in our show notes. And we'd love it if you'd go to iTunes or wherever you tune into this show and give us a five-star rating. Uh, and remember, share this link with a friend because sharing is caring. I'm Randy Wilburn, and you've been listening to Zwei Group Media, part of Zwei Group. Remember, we exist to make you more successful. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in to this Zweig Letter Podcast. We hope that you can apply Mark's no-holds-barred advice to your daily professional life. For a free transcript of this or any episode of our podcast, please visit info.zweiggroup.com slash podcast. If you want more wisdom and inspiration, in addition to information about finance, HR, and marketing your firm, subscribe to the print or digital version of the Zweig Letter online at zweiggroup.com slash publication. Thank you.